Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and it exists to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective in reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com for articles, videos, and tools to help you and your church be more outward in your ministry. Now on with today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I have Carl Miller with me. Carl is the pastor of New Braunfels OPC Church, uh, New Braunfels, Texas, which is just outside San Antonio. Carl, we're really glad to have you here today, and people are going to hear from you and get to know you more if they don't know you. But I thought we'd jump right in with a question. Um, I I know, and some others know, that there's been some great things happening uh, at New Braunfels with outreach. We heard a little bit in the New Horizons article a couple months ago, and we get a sentence or two in Home Missions today, but I thought people would really benefit from hearing directly from you the exciting things the Lord is doing as you you and your people are just kind of faithfully going about being witnesses to the people he brings in your past. So why don't you jump right in and give us your two or three best stories since you guys have planted of what the Lord is doing. Sure, Brad. Yeah, it's great to be with you, brother, and uh, be happy to share some stories. Uh, God has been so faithful to us, uh, even in these few years of uh, planting here in New Braunfels. And it's been great to see his work among the people. It's been great to see his work in using his people uh, to connect with others outside the church and how the Lord brings them into the church. And so I guess I'll start off with one story that Um, is really neat that um, we have one family in the church, and in particular, this husband, he is, uh, man, he'll talk to anybody, right, Um, at the gas station, at the grocery store, swimming and tubing down the river. I mean, he's talking to people about the Lord. He's talking to people about church and inviting people to church. I mean, that's just kind of some of the gifts and the way that the Lord has has worked in and through him. Uh, But he actually... Uh, invited um, his cousin to come to church, and his uh, his cousin has a daughter. He's a single dad. So he did. He came. This man is a great brother in the Lord, but he came from a very kind of hard background, you know, not walking with the Lord previously, you know, in fact, uh, making a lot of life decisions that were challenging and had some pretty significant consequences. And so he, he tells stories himself about God's grace in his life and re- regarding that and, and the Lord bringing him to where he is today and even in how uh, our church uh, was used to help him with that. Um, and so, yeah, it was neat to see him profess his faith for the first time in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was baptized. His daughter was baptized. So, yeah, it was a wonderful testimony to see the Lord bring a man uh, kind of out of the darkness and the drudge and the the very difficult uh, pit that he was in and uh, bring him into the, his kingdom of light. And to see this man grow and flourish within the community of faith at our church um, has been an exciting thing. And another, you know, good story of many that we have um, is that there was a, a young man, uh, he was single at the time, in the Army Reserves. He uh, knew two of our members, had interaction with them in friendship and other events and, and activities outside the church. He was spiraling down in his life, again, away from the Lord. That time he was a professed atheist. 
these two men approached him or spending time with him and, and said, you know what, um, you really need to get your life in order and you need to get to church. You need to come to church. You need to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so he did. He came. And uh, this was right around the time when I was uh, first uh, getting on the ground. And so it was good to kind of see him uh, from the beginning, you know, so to speak, in his interaction with the church. Anyhow, and so he sat under the preaching of the word. He was faithful to come. The Lord uh, did a wonderful work in his heart and life as he uh, drew him to himself, brought him to repentance and gave him faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was wonderful. Um, and so he is a great brother in the Lord now who loves to serve the church and uh, continues in the military. He actually uh, met his wife in the military reserve as well. And so shortly after they became members, I also had the wonderful privilege of marrying them. So uh, that was uh, that was a wonderful thing too. So another great story of God's grace. Yeah, those are good. Um, I, I wonder if you could, how old is the church now? How long has the plant been there? So the plant's been there, been here. They started worshiping in 2018. So it's going on about three years since they've started worshiping. I've been on the ground full-time as the church planter for almost two years. Okay. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, you come in as a church planter and you're in a, a brand new church and you obviously uh, know that outreach and evangelism is one of the front burner items that are going to take place as you go in an area. I wonder if you could talk about your sort of, let's say, your expectations or your thoughts coming in? Like, you, I don't know if you're a goal-oriented guy or if you're just kind of a, a move-day-by-day kind of guy, but whatever you are, could you talk about kind of how you thought about evangelism and outreach coming in and how that compares or contrasts to how God has worked with you and with your people, whether very similar, very different, you know, just kind of a little, a little perspective for us? Yeah, sure. So having had church planning experience in the past prior to coming to NBOPC, um, you know, I kind of brought uh, a toolbox with things and ideas that, you know, had worked in general um, in, in previous churches I administered to and, you know, had then certain plans and ideas in the back of my mind um, as to where we could go in New Braunfels and what we could be doing, but also having in my mind that I really wanted to land and get grounded in with the congregation, explore some things, talk back and forth, get their ideas, really how they see things working here within the community that they were well familiar with. And, you know, many of them had spent 20, 30 years here, you know, just really wanting to make sure that I had the pulse of the people too, and, and really then trying to work kind of those into mobilizing skills, right? And and encouraging them in the ways that the Lord was already moving or had gifted them in reaching out to people. And so that's kind of how I approached it. And then in terms of how it's kind of worked out um, being here, I think that they some of the structured pieces of it haven't really been necessary because the body has been kind of organically moving, um, you know, by God's work, moving um, on their own at a good pace and building relationships and meeting people and inviting friends to church, um, inviting family members. And again, 
making those community contacts. They're out and about, and some of them are just naturally gifted at that. From my perspective, more of an encouragement and a kind of a, a, a massaging of that and, and keeping that fire alive, keeping that zeal before them to uh, continue to um, be open and sharing Christ with those that he brings across our paths. Do you think that um, so often we talk about the dynamic of kind of creating a culture of evangelism and outreach? It sounds like what you're saying is you sort of walked into something where there was already the beginning of that sort of culture and thinking, do you sense anything in what sounds to be like a unique group that already has a quite a bit of propensity to do this? Any thoughts on what this group of people is about that leads them to that? Yeah, so I would say that some of it, there is just a God-given propensity that they have in and of themselves. You don't have to to pull the trigger uh, for them to go out and do it. There are definitely a group of folks in our congregation that that's true of. But, you know, as uh, and I would say that's particularly true maybe in many of the core families in particular, right? But as the Lord's grown the body, because now we're not just a body of, um, seven or eight families. Now we're a body of 25 plus, right? So as the Lord's grown the body, that dynamic has shifted a bit, right? And so those core families and those families who had the propensity are still doing that. They're still active and that's just part of who they are and what they do and how the Lord's wired them and how he's working through them. But, you know, now as we have others who have either hesitation, whether it be because they lack confidence or they need uh, training and knowledge and, and how to communicate those things to people that they may not know very well, or maybe they're strangers with, or uh, maybe they know them a little bit, but it's still kind of in the early phases of relationships. So, you know, whether they need some skill building in how to share their faith, that that's definitely true for a portion of the congregation as well. And so um, it's helpful then to, like I said before, to massage those who are, are ready to go and are going on their own, but also to then um, provide those skills to those who need the skills and the knowledge to take them to that place or get them more in that place and mindset of then being more confident and being willing to step out and to say, okay, yeah, I, I think I can do this better now. And, uh, you know, here I go. Um, and setting up opportunities, right, for us to go do things together um, as a group, maybe two or three together, maybe putting people together who are more confident, less confident, et cetera, so they can uh, balance and encourage each other as they go. So, Carl, when I when I read the New Horizons article and when I see Home Missions today, I noticed something that's you know, probably obvious to all of us, but maybe draw attention to it here. There's a lot of God's providence happening in all evangelistic counters and all outreach efforts. We all know, know that, you know, clear as day. But I've caught it in a number of stories that I've seen from you in these different venues where you, you share what's going on. And I wondered if, if you have any thoughts on kind of the dynamic where you are all going about living life, you know, intentional, paying attention to what's happening around you, but outreach doesn't always work the way you think, you know, hey, this person's the perfect person for me to be evangelizing, but God does something else over here. Or you're doing some encouragement among the church people, hey, we're going to go to this area and do this. And then all of a sudden somebody walks in the back door 
that you had no idea was coming and talks to just the right person or just the right couple. I wondered if you could share your perspective a couple of years into a church plant on that dynamic of, hey, we, you know, we're intentional. We try certain things, but God also does things and, and that are completely blow our minds in a certain sense. And how you see that dynamic working out and both encouraging you to pray to the Lord to do those things, but also to encourage you to continue to be faithful in one area, knowing that the Lord will do it however he wants to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had plenty of occasions where we've gone out and done different activities, whether it be door to door um, or whether it be going and and sharing uh, the gospel with people in different families, doing that in a neighborhood or something like that. There have been occasions where some families have done that. And where we had anticipated, for example, that there would be, you know, a significant amount of fruit, or we would expect that we would have some good conversations with folks and some good engagement that could lead to further follow-up and then them, you know, becoming connected with the body in the life of the church. And so, but yet where um, some of that may not have risen to the height of what we were kind of thinking as we prepared to go out and do that, but then, um, you know, the Lord brings a connection with other families at other times and other places, and um, that lands that person in church. Totally unexpected, totally not necessarily where our focus was, but definitely a blessing from the Lord and then an opportunity to minister to to them and to, you know, they're sitting under the preaching of the word and then being able to have um, good conversation with them with different members of the church and and um, engaging with them and encouraging them and, uh, you know, seeing them assimilate into the church. Um, you know, that's also been a, a good thing that, you know, we, we do uh, we do have to, we, we make our plans. We uh, don't desire to be presumptuous in any of that, right? We always are praying that the Lord's will would be done and that um, he would guide us and where he wants us to be at the right place at the right time with the right message and the right people. That um, it's neat to see his work in ways that we didn't expect uh, and maybe weren't our focus, but nonetheless, it was evidence that uh, it entirely was his work and that uh, then bore fruit. One story, if I could share with you about that, there was, uh, again, the, this gentleman who I shared before that is very active in sharing his faith. He loves to do that in all sorts of places out at the river and gas stations and all over the place. He, um, uh, he was at a get together and a man approached him, didn't know him from Adam he approached him and he said, you know, I think I need to go to church. He said, I haven't darkened the door of a church in 15 years or so. But he said, I think I need to go to church. And uh, this brother said, uh, yeah, I think you're right. And you should come to my church. And um, he said, okay, yeah, I, I think I, I would like that. So the man showed up and he sat under the preaching of the word and sat through the whole service. And he approached me afterwards and um, thanked me for the service. And uh, anyhow, so it ended up being that um, a tragic situation happened to him. Uh, the next day, a friend of his um, unexpectedly uh, died. He, I got in touch with him just to minister to him and to see how he was doing. 
And he asked me, he said, Pastor, he said, do you think it was a coincidence that I um, came to church on Sunday and my best friend passed away the next day? And I said, absolutely not. No, it was not a coincidence. Um, and uh, the Lord had you right where he wanted you to be. And uh, so it's a great opportunity to share the gospel with him and to minister to him. So I was very thankful to the Lord for that, but an occasion of something that was unexpected. Yeah, that's the story that I had heard. I think you shared that in, uh, in New Horizons article and just a remarkable account of God's providence, but also that he would ask you, you know, Pastor, do you think it was coincidence, just a remarkable opportunity that the Lord gave you uh, in doing that? I, I wonder if providences like that, uh, I don't know if you can speak to this in terms of how you see the congregation, the people. The, when the Lord does that, does that encourage you guys to continue faithful in areas maybe that you aren't even seeing fruit necessarily immediately, but you know that the Lord is working in different means, but it actually motivates you because you don't know what means he's using. Does Do you think it motivates the people to keep at it, even if they're not seeing fruit immediately? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it uh, it does motivate them and it gives them further zeal and joy in the Lord's work and that the Lord is at work in and amongst them, right, for his purposes and and in, in getting the word out and, and drawing people to himself. So he, we, we see a lot of people in the church that, and, and intentionally, you know, we're sharing these stories, we're talking about these things with each other, right? And to uh, bring the, the point of thankfulness before our eyes, right? To say, yeah, man, look at what the Lord's been doing. If you look in this person's life and that person's life and, and so-and-so here, and, and, you know, it's, it is only of the Lord, and that, I mean, it's a real exciting and a, and a joyful thing, absolutely. I think it helps give zeal and motivation to continue to do the Lord's work. And and, and I think part of the, the, the good thing about it and the neat thing about it is that as people are doing these types of things, it's, I may have mentioned this before, but it's it's kind of got that natural feel to it. It's not a, it's not a forced or foreign or a, a strange or a weird thing. I mean, they're, they're living life and they're, um, you know, they're interacting with people and they're excited about the Lord and his work and them. They're excited about what's going on in the church. And so they want to say, Hey, come over, come on over, visit, come worship. You, you need to be there. Um, it would be good for you. There's all sorts of stories and interactions like that where people are just uh, you know, the Lord is using them in, in the way that he has them to be, personality and everything else that they do that and people come. So I have one question for you. It might not be the easiest question for you to answer, but I'll, I'll give you a shot at it. I'm, I'm thinking about pastors that are listening right now, and they're, they've maybe read your New Horizons article, they maybe see Home Missions Today, and they've heard this. And they're not saying it in a harsh way, but they're they're thinking to themselves, yeah, my people just don't do that. I mean, that's not, I mean, he's. it sounds like he's got a great group, a kind of natural, they take, you know, they invite people to church. My group is a little more, a little more to themselves, a little more inward. And again, they're not, they're not thinking harshly. They're just trying to picture themselves in this. What advice would you give think you know think about showing up at the church planting conference uh, whenever you were there like a year ago or whenever it was 
and you're talking to one of your fellow church planners and he, you know, kind of hears this and gives you that, that answer. Hey, my, my people just, they're good people. They love the Lord. They love to worship, but they're not really doing that. What counsel, what encouragement would you give a pastor to help sort of slowly and patiently cultivate that? Or can you cultivate that among people? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you can cultivate that. Um, you know, like I said, we've got a collage of people here and not everybody is a outward extrovert or anything like that. We've got plenty. We've got a whole collage and mix of people. Um, and so I think that some things that I've thought about and tried to do is to, as you get to know your sheep, look for the the small things. Look at, Look in the details and see how the Lord is gifted them or even interested them in different things and and then um, build on those things, encourage them in those things, encourage them to utilize those gifts. And then as those things build and strengthen, um, you know, you can move to other things and add other things onto that into their toolbox, right? But um, I think as you talk with people and you get to know them, um, there are different abilities and talents and skills and desires that the Lord's given them. Even if they're shy or they're hesitant or other things, there is a place, there's a role for them. I think also it's helpful to uh, keep in mind that not everybody um, is going out and going to be the, the mouthpiece or the megaphone, right? There, there are roles and helpful roles in outreach um, that may not involve them opening their mouths and something coming out of it, right? But maybe they have, uh, maybe their gifts are helping uh, make flyers and put together graphics or um, putting together a message. They can sure type clearly and they can they can communicate what's needed there. Also putting literature together for um, outings and other things like that is helpful. People making arrangements or uh, scheduling things, if they have those types of gifts, you could look at those things as well. Not everybody is going to uh, fit the same holes, so to speak. They don't all have the same shaped peg, but at the same time, neither do we really need them to. Just as God has made the body with diversity and hands and feet and mouth and ears and, and eyes and all of that, um, and we're united in Christ and we're working together as one body with all of our giftings and talents. I think that applies and, and is applicable in outreach to where you can have a great group of people that are doing different tasks um, towards that same goal. And that will make it all the much stronger and more robust. Well, Carl, we're glad you took some time with us. I, I think people learn and hear different things, but people also enjoy hearing from a pastor about these churches and church plants. So that as they see home missions today and as they pray in a worship service, people are like, oh, I just I just heard Carl talking about that for a while. So I think it's great that you guys are willing to take the time to answer some questions, but also kind of tell us what the Lord is doing and what's going on. So we're thankful for your time today. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you will receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.